This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey podcast fam, welcome to Hanging For More. It's your host Yasmina. And I'm Maggie. Hanging For More is here to bring you endless laughter and honest conversations. Just remember, if you're loving the podcast, to hit follow and leave us a review as this helps out so much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello and welcome back to Hanging For More. Hi guys, welcome back. How are you going? Uh, Good, a little bit tired. How are you? How's your weekend? Uh, Crazy busy, work. Tyson driving me nuts oh, just that story, time of year. Story of my life. We went this weekend, we had a pretty jam-packed weekend, but we went to one of Billy's friends' house and they have no kids. And I was like, oh, my God. They have no my, kids? Yeah, they have no kids. Oh, I thought they, they had kids. No, no, oh, no, they didn't okay. have kids. You know how nervous you get taking your kids to some to people that don't have kids? They I were excellent, go. by the way. I just, <laughs> but I was, I literally, go. I was like to Billy, hey, did you tell them that we're bringing our kids? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're fine. Like, they're, they're so excited to meet them. They're like kid people. Okay. People that love kids. And I was like, okay. And we went and I was like, everything I felt like, no, 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 don't go next to that. Nina started helping herself to go upstairs, started opening their pantry. Noah started asking for Nutri-Grain, like, <laughs> because they were making a barbecue. And he's like, can I have Nutri-Grain? And me and Billy looking at each other, like, I'm going to fucking murder you. The kids are the epitome of, like, the best of you and the worst of you come out. Yeah, literally. But that's why this episode we wanted to talk about motherhood. We wanted yeah. to talk about things that we wish we knew when we became mothers. I feel like... So much has changed, yet nothing has changed. There's still so many of the same stuff that new mums are facing and experiencing that we kind of wish we we had already known. And we hope that this episode brings you some insight. And even if you're already a mum, to listen to this and relate to so much of what we're going to talk alone. about. Yeah, it's, you're not alone. It's tough. Honestly, it is hard. What are some challenges that you faced postpartum when you first um, had your baby? Oh, When I first had my boy, I think the biggest challenge I face was just mentally like realizing that I'm now responsible for this life like solely and it's just like fuck like I now have to take care of this child and it's literally going to be with me 24 7. Yeah like I can't get rid of you like this is it. Well no you can't do like now like (laughs) could have no (laughs) I don't don't mean that but I mean like it's I just remember when they even first put him on me I was just like I was so overwhelmed I was just like oh my god this is real like no matter how much time goes by I mean you've got nine months to prepare yourself um but it's still nothing can no not at all so I totally agree I think getting my mindset around the fact that I was like I said now had a child and it was like everything that you've been told everything that you were told or you've read or you've learned it's like what do I do now yeah. it's still like someone give me the fucking instructions because yeah, I'm like lost planning already for a test with no information yeah and you feel like you're the one like solely responsible even though you have a partner yeah it's like wow this all falls on me no it's so different partner or not yeah. you're the one going through the whole no I know identity crisis almost yeah. it's like who the fuck is this? I remember on our drive home, like we put Nina into her capsule and I was like, bro, how do we work this? And then I looked at Billy and I was like, they let us out of the hospital? This weekend. Yeah, day like, three after having a child. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we don't know what we're doing. Like I, I needed her to just get Nina during the night because I couldn't sleep. What am I going to do when I get home? I started freaking out. And I was like, yeah. bro, we are not. I was 21. Yeah. Billy was 20. We we were not yeah, no. responsible to be yeah. able to have kids at all. So I was like freaking out, but it was hard. Yeah, like, I know. I feel like not many people speak about, not so much like people speak about you're not going to sleep. You're not going to be able to eat when you want to. You're not going to be able to go get your nails done or go out with friends the same way. But what none they don't. None of that matters. Yeah, none of that even matters. Yeah. It's just literally adjusting to life 100%. as you now know it. And it's like everything changes not 
external changes, but also internally, you as a person, your priorities shift completely and you're just like your whole entire being is focused on this baby. 100%. Like you start obsessing. And everything that you think that you have planned out and constructed, like it, it can fall apart very easily or yeah. nothing goes to plan. So like I think that was the one thing that I needed to be mindful of is like you can plan and have things but yeah. be under, mindful that all of that might fail yeah. and that's okay. A hundred percent. It's the same with um, even postpartum. I feel like there's this rush to like go back to your normal self and not just by society, but even to yourself. And I'm not talking 100%. about externally, like your body to bounce back. I'm talking about like, you just think like, okay, I need a new normal, like quickly get to it, yeah. get to what I used to love. Let me go back to that. But it's like, how can I, when I'm when lacking absolutely everything that made me feel me before? Yeah. So but how can I go back? I agree. But having touched on that with the whole body thing, like I think there's such a rush to get your body back, like to bounce back. Like I think one thing that I took from it was, you know, we are incredible as women. And one thing that I will say is, don't rush to try and get back to your, you know, uh, pre-baby weight. Like there is no rush to it. Be kind to yourself. Your body has just created a human being. Yeah. Like it is an absolute miracle. And your body is now stronger than it ever was before. So be patient with yourself. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest tips I actually that I was got. speaking to a lot of young women, um, whether it be friends, whether it be family, and I find these days a lot of women are actually hesitant to have babies because of the fear of how much their body is going to change. Yeah, so I was I in the gym and I was speaking to a girl like that I knew from years ago and we we're just having a chat and she goes, so many of my friends actually don't want to have kids because they're scared that they're going to get stretch marks, their body's going to change. Everything will change, And I'm change, like, that's yeah. crazy how like, I don't know, back in my day when I was having kids, like that was the last thing in my mind. Yeah, I was like, oh, baby, even beautiful. Think of that. Like, it did, like, yeah, it occurred to me after I had the baby and I no longer yeah. was proud to like, I, I had my belly at any chance I got and then as soon as I had my baby, it was like cover, 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 like, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. Like I've got belly fat, like move it, like ch ch hide it as much as possible. And I actually didn't realize that people are now, cause obviously social media, everyone's showing what their postpartum body looks like and they're proud of it. And they're trying to make, normalize it and go, hey, your body's made a baby, be proud. It doesn't matter whether you have stretch marks or whether, you know, you still have fat from having a baby, like your body's gone through so much, but because of that, so many women have then gone, I actually don't want that yeah. right now yeah. and I want to wait even longer. And I actually didn't know how many women are experiencing that, but I'm here to genuinely tell you as someone who has had a lot of body image issues in the past and, you know, have gone through that, I think motherhood and having a baby really changed everything mentally for me. Like I no longer focused on my body as much as I used to when I didn't have kids I no longer cared or gave a fuck about what I looked like, like yes I look different my jeans no longer fit my outfits that I loved so much I no longer love but a new version of me that I love even more and I'm so hot so much more whole than I ever was before yeah having kids right. like I was so shallow I feel like before and now it's like so much more matters you know yeah. what I mean no I agree but it's crazy what other what things do you wish you knew before having kids, maybe either mentally, physically, about mm, kids. Just not to have them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that do That was it. a big one. This just, is a fair warning. We've told you, we've warned you guys. It's up to you now. I'm dead. Um, look, there's a lot, I guess. I think, um, look, I mean, whether, you know, it's advice or, or, you know, something that I just found challenging for myself is just 
being kind to yourself and just understanding that, you know, the hardest days will pass. Like they're just a bad day and things will get a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I think, you know, people will give you their advice, you know, whether it's family, friends. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from that was it's okay not to take advice. It's okay to just trust your instincts. Yeah. Let your motherly instincts kick in and do what's Even right for you. Even if you think you don't have motherly instincts, you do. You do, yeah. And yeah. that's what I mean. Like everyone will give you their advice, but do what's best for you and your family. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about medical advice or anything like that, but do what's best for you and your family and just let your motherly instincts come in. Like you will know what to do. I think yeah. that was the biggest thing for me that I – had to learn the hard way is taking everyone's advice and then you feel overwhelmed because it's like, oh, this person said this, so am I supposed to do yeah. this? You know what I mean? But I think what's important is, you know, um, all babies need a kind, gentle mama who is being kind to herself and present and grounded. I think that's the most important thing, which yeah. was the hardest thing that I had to learn and I didn't learn that until years went by so yeah and like maternal health nurse say to you like if your baby's crying and it's really triggering you put them in their room make sure they're safe in their cot and then walk away and have a cup of tea and the that's, reason they well, do that that's hard i mean did you try the, out the yeah, cried the out method no i didn't try out the cried out method but there were times where it was just so overstimulating that's what i mean it's like hard. so much that i had to walk away and go let you cry for five minutes before i literally lose yeah, my fair. brain and you know, check myself into a mental hospital because it's fucking hard, man. Yeah. But, like, I think we underestimate how much, like, overstimulation can cause you to do some crazy things. Like, just hearing the baby scream, it doesn't matter in what way, like, whether it's the middle of the night or whether it's daytime, it can just be so overstimulating for some. 100%. So, like, they don't deserve a mum who's angry at them because they're no. just babies, they're innocents, but you also can't put yourself in that position. You need to walk away from it. Make sure they're safe, they're fed, their nap is changed lay them down in their cot and walk away for five minutes and take a breather before yeah, you start shaking that baby yeah. or doing something stupid. Like it can happen to all of us. But oh, my yeah. advice is definitely like for mums is, man, everyone talks so much shit and goes, wait until the next stage. Wait until <laughs> the next stage. Um, uh, your baby's four months and looking cute and sitting up. Wait. And they're rolling. Wait until they, they go through the eight-month regression or seven-month regression or this yeah. or that. Biggest, it's always a negative like, connotation to it. There is so much amazing milestones that you're yeah. about to reach and it does get better. My kids now are at an age where, yeah, look, they tantrum, they're little fucks and they give me attitude. But you know what? Billy and I on a Saturday can lay in bed and watch Netflix for three hours while they play on their own in their rooms or yeah. they're on their iPads or whatever it is. I'm not saying they're on technology for three hours and we just leave them in the room, but... There are so many amazing milestones. They change themselves. They go to the toilet alone. You're going to reach a time in your parenthood, motherhood journey where things are going to get so much better. So don't allow other people to put you down and, and make you feel like every step that there's a negative spot because where there's a negative thing coming up, there's going to be a positive thing. And I think yeah. looking forward to that is the most important. I agree. Well said. It's huge. Oh, look, she's praising I agree me for with once. You. Yeah, never... for once I do. <laughs> Wait, did you deal with any issues with your kids in certain mo like do you remember vividly any milestones like teething or sleep deprivation that really fucked with you definitely there's two things one the sleeping and one the teething the sleeping one i remember like we were living with my in-laws at the time i'll never forget i was how do you manage that that, that's that on its own would have me into, into the bucket of um fuck it bucket Look, of lucky the house was big enough so like we had our own sort of retreat upstairs okay um but honestly like i think i remember one time just sitting there and i, I was holding tyson and i was so sleep deprived this was coming out of hospital obviously he had a heart condition so 
it was horrible. And I remember just falling asleep while he was in my hands and waking up and he was literally like my hands had dropped. He literally could have just rolled off of my hands. I was just oh. sitting on the couch upstairs, but I was, I remember my mother-in-law coming upstairs and like waking me and she said, let me take him from you. And it was just, you know, I, it's not, I wouldn't say it's ego, but it's just that whole thing of like, you know, you, you just, so you're wanting to do everything for your child and you're just so, I don't know what the right word no, is. No, I know like, exactly what you're feeling. You're, you're and just, I talk about this so often. It's where mothers feel like they have to do everything. Correct. In, yeah. uh, except like, if they don't, 100. that they are now a failure and they're not worthy well, yeah. of that and mother's I title. Like, I, sh- I should have to do everything. Like I have no excuse not to do everything. I'm not working. I'm at home all day. Yeah. Like he's just a baby. Like yeah. he needs nothing why from me. Why am I failing? Why? Yeah, I, yeah. Like that's just for me to give him up to her, yeah. to anyone. So, And she took him off me and she said to me, let me have him go and get some sleep and it was probably the best thing that I could have done for myself but I think that's the biggest thing is like when people are you know offering help like I was always so hesitant to say no 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 I'll do it no 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 I'll do it you know what I mean because I felt like it was my responsibility to completely take care of this child yeah um the second one with the teething is um (laughs) Tyson was obviously teething I was having a hard time and I remember my mum was minding him one one time and (laughs) She had just, he was asleep. Like yeah. he was asleep. And I said, you know, what'd you do? And she was like, oh, I gave him some ouzo. And I remember at the What's time, uzo? like I literally flipped it. And I was like, how dare you? What's ouzo? So it's um, like rakia and stuff. You know, that, that like alcohol, ouzo, like rakia. Uh, and you, um, nah. you democos don't have it? Nah. Okay. Um, and so you just literally dilute it. It's like Bongella, oh, but it's, okay. it's a, probably a much healthier alternative than that. So it's just obviously, like I said, ouzo, and they just dilute it with water and you, they just pop it onto the gums oh. of the baby. And it just soothes them. Yeah. So that was my tip. And I think I shared that with someone once. <laughs> I was like, try that, try that. And it was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. But that was probably my biggest thing. It's just, yeah. It's That's, hard. It's it hard being hard. a new parent because everything, every single step is new. You're not learning yeah. what's ahead. It's like starting a new job, but with no instruction. Like everyone, like you get to the job, to the job place and they're like, all right, cool. Good luck. Well, yeah. what am I doing? Like, where do you want me to be? Like, is there a meeting happening? Like, give me the rules. Like, am I am I dressed right? What, yeah. do, what do I have to do? But there's no instruction. No. Nah. How did guess it as you go? How did you go with both babies and like going through teething issues, sleep deprivation? Teething like, was okay. Okay. I feel like teething. I had it down pat. It was like whatever, man. You, you do you. Like, I guess you for you, yes, it was like, like whatever, man. Put it in a bucket, bucket. Sort yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> but sleep really fucked with me. I've yeah. always been someone who needs my sleep to function. And I think not being able to sleep, Nina was a massive crier. And at one stage, I remember speaking to one of Billy's relatives, like distant relatives. She had a baby around similar time to me. And we were always leaning on each other. Like I was saying, dude, I'm really struggling. My baby's not sleeping. And she was like, you know, I am too. I don't know what we're going to do anyway. So I just started searching like different methods online and stuff like that. And I saw the cried out method and I was like, maybe I need a like strict firm routine. And I remember talking to my mom. Mom was like, yeah, you can't run to her every time she cries. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, maybe I'm spoiling her and this kid's going to end up like a feral who never sleeps and I'm, she's going to be 18 crying in my bed. Who knows? So I put her in the portacot. We had a portacot at the time. She was like eight months old. Put her in and the instruction was, who was it from? It was from a relative of some sort. She goes, go and do something while she's in there. So I fed her, changed her nappy, put her in, let her cry. And then I went and hung out the washing and then came back. By the time I come back, she was asleep. She was asleep, but I felt so much guilt over her crying that I picked her up and woke her and hugged her back to sleep. And I just felt this this remorse, like I am such a horrible mum that I left you cry in this dark room on your own. And it's like that 
I think like you're sleep deprived, but then you have mum guilt and then you're trying to do everything right. And it's just this shit show. And I think do, so long as your kid's safe, do what feels right to you. 100%. But I think you don't have to listen to everyone no. that comes up with their own little. There's no like, right or wrong. There, I there feel isn't. like there's, and you, you're kind so of. So long as your child is safe, obviously. 100%. And I think it's so important to take, make sure that you are okay because you're damned if you do and you're damned if yeah. you don't. So it's like, you know, you say you're co-sleeping, it's you, it's frowned upon or yeah. it's like that's not safe or that's not this. There's always something to be said. 100%. And I think just listening to yourself and doing what's right for you to get your yourself okay because that baby yeah. needs you more than ever and especially at that age too. Yeah. So. Hey, guys, make sure you subscribe to our Hanging For More podcast and follow us on our socials hanging for more for all the updated information and new podcast releases and don't forget to leave us a five-star review we came up with a system for sleep where at the time billy used to work early mornings then come back a bit earlier and what would happen is at seven o'clock i would go off to bed he would have the baby he would have nina and i would go off to sleep and i'd sleep that until 1 a.m and at 1 a.m he would give me nina and he would go to sleep for the morning and just that solid five hours, I don't know how, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. <laughs> it was like five to six hours. When I tell you that was enough for me to function, I was so alert with her. Every time she woke, I had the patience to be able to wake with her. And look, I'm given, not everyone has a, a partner that's supportive or maybe not a partner at all. And I understand that. But I think like definitely if you have a partner that is supportive, like you could try that method. It helped so much. So let me ask you, because obviously you have your partner. Was there anyone that you had as like a safe space or, you know, a network that you would reach out to or you could you could find that you could At go and... At the time, no. Okay, yeah. At the so time, you didn't have like, anyone. it was just my mum and she was... Like, we're so much older that, like, she forgets everything. She was like, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, ask someone. I don't know. And that's where my Instagram started was when I started sharing, like, what the fuck do I do? This is a shit show. Like, I can't take a shower without the kid crying. I yeah. remember fake tanning while Nina was in, like, a Only you would a be bouncer. fucking fake tanning after having a kid. I, like... I fake tanned before my birth <laughs> with Nina and they put all the stickers for the IVs. But I came out like Patchy McGee. Oh, I was the worst. God. But, like, I did something to make me feel yeah, good. Yeah, no, I and get it. And I remember, like, hugging her after I fake tanned, picked her up to breastfeed her. Bro, shit show and a half. She ended Nina up with was fake like a like yeah. you front was brown the back of it was white. it was so bad motherhood is is yeah. a tricky one like it doesn't matter what you do no you're pretty much screwed when did you start putting your kid into like childcare or think about that um to be honest with you um i and this is just me being really honest after having tyson for me i've always worked obviously and i've always had you know a full-time job worked in real estate before hairdressing um Obviously, with all of the emotions and everything that comes once you've had a kid, to be honest, I couldn't wait to get back to work. Yeah. I think that was my mental outlet so and I know that I needed that to get way. back to work. And I just felt like I was just dumbing down myself. I felt like I was losing myself. I felt like I, you know, after you have a kid, realistically, you don't speak to anyone. Mm. Um Anything that's on TV is kid-related and you just feel so dark. I felt so stupid. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, like <laughs> if this goes any longer, like I, I have, I've lost half my brain cells as it is. I'm going to have nothing yeah, when I yeah. get back. So for me, I couldn't wait to get him back, to be honest, and get back into like some normal routine. Yeah. And that for me was my normal. So obviously, as I've mentioned before, Tyson was born with a heart um, defect. So he spent quite a bit of time in intensive care. Um, once he was cleared to go into childcare, I think he was about six or seven months old. Mate, he, that kid was fucking in there full time. Like, yeah. From, you know, 7am till, you know, 6pm, yeah. he was in there. And 
that tore me apart because, you know, everyone's voices are in your head, you know. Uh, why are you allowing someone else to raise your child? Yeah. What's the point of you working when you're paying fees when you should yeah. just stay at home and save yourself? And it wasn't about that. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about any of that. For me, it was... You know, obviously he was about six or seven months old. Yes, he needs me. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I need to build a future for myself. Um, at that time as well, I was separated after the yeah, seven, eight month mark. So it was like, I need to do this for myself in order to be the best mum and the best version of me for my child. And it was something that I need to do for my sanity. And it wasn't something that was agreed upon with family, friends or anybody yeah. else. But I knew I needed to do it for myself. So um, he was in childcare full time. And you know, I'd jump in the car even when he was two. I remember leaving and I would cry myself on the yeah, way to work yeah. and I would just hate myself for it. And yeah. it used to eat me up because I, I didn't know, I didn't know, you almost feel like you don't know if what you're doing is right and you yeah. question everything that you do. I mean, I don't know if you felt the same. Did you question yourself? hundred percent. Yeah. And opinions of people kind of play in on you. You're they already do. feeling they creep vulnerable. In. Those thoughts already... creep in and yeah. you just go, maybe they're right. Maybe I yeah. shouldn't do this. What is the point of doing this? Like 100%. why am I going to work? And also like dropping off that kid to daycare and then you walk away and you feel like, have I let you down? Yeah. Like am I doing the right thing for you? And then you stop and think, but am I doing the right thing for Correct. you if you're home and I feel like Shit, shooting myself the in the yeah. face, like and, I'm not okay? And you know what? I'd come back from work and I couldn't wait to get him and the time that I then spent with him was just so much. I yeah. was so much better and happier for it. But, 100%. I mean, the thing is I think throughout the whole journey of having, I mean, he's eight now, it still comes and goes in waves. Like yeah. you still will have those moments of am I doing the right thing? Have I fucked up my kid? And the reality is at some stage or throughout everyone, your kids, we do fuck up yeah. our kids to some point. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone does to some 100%. degree. And it's like. We're you, human. I know. And it's just like, fuck, I don't want to. I hope this kid comes out okay. Yeah. But, you know, you also need to make sure that you're okay. But it's just such a whirlwind. But just things do get better as time goes on. 100%. And I think that's the thing. People can tell you all they want, but it's something that you need to go through yourself and then you kind of figure it out. I don't know. I Motherhood had, is hard. Uh, Nina going at age two and Noah going at age one. It was literally his first birthday on his orientation. <laughs> I was like, bitch, let you go to school. We went to... Um, the childcare and I had previously done work experience at this childcare. So I was very aware of who was working there. I knew the staff, like I knew it inside out. So I knew it was a good daycare center. And I took him there and I remembered like, I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to get some me time. I started working more on Instagram. So I needed that time and I needed time for me. The reality yeah. was I was literally going insane with two under two with Cocomelon going off every two seconds. I was like, Cocomelon, bro. My head was going to explode <laughs> if I heard I it one more that. time. I never got that. I was the worst. And I needed that time and I dropped them off for their orientation and I left and I was, I started crying in the car. I was overwhelmed, but then I got over it and I was like, this is what every parent experienced when I did work experience. Like, I know this is a normal emotion. Everything's going to be okay. They're in safe hands. I had a friend there who was texting me updates, but then I got a text from Noah's uh, teacher who was only one and he was still breastfed and I was planning to cut off breastfeeding and I thought this is perfect. Anyway, she called me literally two hours later and was like, can you come back because he's actually distraught. You know, he, oh, really, wow. he probably needs to breastfeed and it made it, it made the guilt even more. Yeah. Like I had to go back, I breastfed him and then he didn't want to stay there. And so I just kept struggling. I kept going back in and I got all these opinions online because I was on Instagram at the time. People were like, how could you? Have you heard of That's all horrible. the horrible things that happen in those daycare centers and what could happen to your kids? So I started second guessing myself. And it was like, 
How is it that in this most vulnerable time in my life, why isn't there people allowing me the space to do what's right for me? When 100%. I advocate that this is, I'm not okay and I need this space to be able to figure me out and I need two to three days a week. They were in two days a week at the time. Two days and I wasn't going to rely on everyone to chip in and my sister to finish work and come look after the kids while I just had a breather and took a shower. I wasn't going to, you know, I just needed that time. Yeah. And I felt like it didn't matter which way I looked at it, I was going to be judged. And so I had to like pull the plug. I had a conversation with the childcare teacher like Noah's and I said, look, I'm cutting off breastfeeding unless he's literally in dire need because I knew yeah. I worked from home. I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm stopping breastfeeding feed him or something and they were like I understand yeah from that day on they never called me again unless it was urgent and like he was actually sick or something was wrong or he was seriously distraught well good on you because that would have been tough to to voice your opinion and be brave enough to say that without feeling the judgment it was so hard and I think that's that's the thing we underestimate with parenting is that the reality is there's always going to be times where people are going to judge you for doing 100%. what's good for you but you no got what you, you got to advocate for yourself because no one's going to understand what's going on in your life except for you 100 so now, advocate i just want to ask you one question um if i asked you what was probably your darkest moment having the kids and how did you get yourself out of that mentally you know you say darkest moment and my head just goes back to a part where I had two under two screaming babies I hadn't washed or showered myself in days and I was really in the rut of it and Billy had come home from work and he said I'm just gonna go for a bike ride with a mate do you mind and I said no it's all good and he went for this bike ride and it was bedtime and I had initially put them to sleep but they both had woken up now both screaming and crying and all I did was sit outside the door and I bawled my eyes out like till literally I couldn't breathe you know the <laughs> yeah. crying I didn't message or call Billy or anything and I was just like distraught and I remember that feeling of feeling like it doesn't matter what I do it's not going to be good enough I've now failed my children I failed my marriage because I need him after like he should be able to go for a bike ride without me falling apart like how am I this desperate I can't even I'm failed being a mum and a wife and in that moment I remember like posting it online and so many mothers came forward and said thank you like thank you this is exactly how I feel and I think in that moment of darkness knowing that you're not alone probably is one of the things that was the anchor like that stopped me from drowning and it was like it's okay you're gonna be okay that boat stayed steady because of that just knowing I wasn't alone and that every mother has been there and it doesn't make you a failure man let those kids cry have a moment to yourself breathe call your fucking husbands come back the fuck home and and help you it's okay nothing makes you a failure and you're still learning this is your first time doing this 100% and knowing that what was yours um to be honest with you I think it was when obviously Tyson was quite ill and we almost pretty much lost him day three. I think that was one of the toughest, but I think even more than that was when they first put him on me. And I, this is probably the first time I'm sharing this, but I, and my ex at the time gave me so much, still will give me hell about it. But um, I think postpartum depression, you know, I heard that word a lot. I've read up about it a lot, but I don't think I understood what it actually meant and what comes with it, like what the feelings were. And it's almost like, you know, if you suffer from anxiety or just any like intrusive thoughts, like, you don't realise how it can just completely take over and this is something that I remember like I had a C-section, they got Tyson, um, put him on my chest and initially when they first put him on, like I'm getting anxiety just talking about it because it, it was just such a yeah. horrible moment because you're, 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 you're supposed to have like that first moment of putting your child on you against you is supposed yeah. to be so precious and so beautiful and something that so many people remember as such a 
precious time. Yeah. They put him on my chest and I remember just saying, get him off me, get him off me right now. Yeah. Um, I didn't cope with it at all. It's like a fight or flight. Like, it was. And I freaked out and I was yeah. like, get him off me, get him off me right now. And I just couldn't bear him on me. And I was so overwhelmed with emotion. And then realising later on that that was part of postnatal depression. Like yeah. I didn't understand that these are the kind of feelings or thoughts that would come into my head. I think so many mothers experience this emotion. Well, I've never heard it. So we the about. You know, and it's not something that's easy to be shared. You yeah, know what I mean? It because it makes you feel like shit. Like why did well, I reject being so my vulnerable. baby at the first time of meeting him? But it's like that's your postpartum emotions. That's like hormones going everywhere. It's not. Yeah, but you don't understand. You it doesn't yeah. mean that you don't love that baby. No, hundred percent. Yeah. How could I share that with anyone? Yeah. I mean, I've shared it now for the first time, but it was such a big moment for me, and, and I felt. So, and I started to like do my own heading about, am I a fit mum? Am yeah. I mentally fit enough to yeah. have, have had this child? 100%. And it just took me so much time and thankfully getting help to get around that. But I just want to say for anyone that's gone through that or going through that or about to go through that, that it is okay. Like obviously everyone has different you know, goes through different experiences. Yeah. And for me, that was probably my biggest turning point. And I was 100%. just like, I need to get help. Like yeah. this is, it's okay. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's not okay. Yeah. And just to be kind and gentle to myself and, and work through that. But I think that was the hardest thing for me. I had a similar experience when I fell pregnant with Noah and I didn't expect it. He was a pill baby, fell pregnant while I was on the pill. And, you know, I was so sad about it. And I know so many women go through so much with fertility and I swear if you're someone who is struggling to fall pregnant I pray to all the gods and the universe that you do get your rainbow baby your baby but for me I was a very fertile person and falling pregnant right after and having a four-month-old I, I was depressed I really didn't want that baby but at the same time you know within within my hearts of hearts I could never get rid of that baby so I was like I'm I will love you and I will learn yeah. to love you somehow yeah. but through the nine months I did not enjoy I didn't yeah. connect with Noah I didn't nothing and I thought I'm a failure like I failed this baby I love Nina so much how could I possibly love you this feel baby? like you've rejected I was, them I was rejecting yeah. him. like it's just like they said the sex of the baby and I was like cool like I really don't care like I was just so and I felt so ungrateful like I yeah. could never voice that like so how true. dare you people are struggling to have a baby how could you have a baby that God blessed you with and you not and be happy, happy with and it healthy and but I was so upset yeah, I like I was crying to Billy when I found out I was pregnant I was like what are we gonna do like I can't believe I'm going through this again I'm not ready I'm not even postpartum like I barely made it out of the hospital <laughs> but I went back for sure my, I went back for my <laughs> blood in 20 weeks she goes you again I was like yeah man bitch me again man I don't want to be here too but it was yeah. hard yeah I but know. then when I had the baby to a, a completely different um experience you had I connected with him as soon as he came out and I think I'm I'm sharing this in hopes that if you two are going through similar where you haven't connected with the baby you will eventually connect 100%. and it might not be at birth yeah it might not be after conception it might not be you know months later you might still be struggling to, to connect so with true. it but, but eventually you will, will and yeah. that love is so fucking strong it will heal every brokenness so in your body true. even though it's not their job to heal you yeah it will I heal agree. you in ways that you didn't know possible and you know what like my love for my kids is genuinely so fucking equal yeah. and so strong and i attribute all my healing to them just yeah, by their love so like they haven't done anything for me they just yeah. loved me in a way that i haven't been loved and like so it gets true. better like yeah don't think that you're alone but yeah i hope you guys have Thanks, learned guys. something from this episode yeah. and i hope you enjoyed let us know if you can relate to anything i mean i hope you can <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week thanks guys 
Hey guys, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to leave us a review and share it with your friends and family. 